0: you will remain standing, I'm sorry, John chapter 10, verse 27 is our verse. Uh, It says, my sheep, they hear my voice, I know them and they follow me. Let's pray together. Father, help me to be a plain preacher today, so plain that a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit. Any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation, if you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And then, Lord, you look at all of us today, but you see me differently. I'm your teacher, I'm the preacher. And uh, upon me is a greater and a more strict judgment than anybody in the room. I know that, and I accept my place in rightly dividing your word. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray, his name that I preach, amen. You can be seated. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for being here today. We're, uh, we're in a uh, series called Reset. And uh, in this series, we are using... Henry Blackaby's uh, experiencing God, knowing and doing the will of God. And uh, we have reached our fourth reality. There are seven realities to it. Uh, In my lifetime, I think this is one of the most anointed teachings that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, These seven truths and realities are something we built this church on uh, that we have used from the very beginning. This is about the third time that we've been through them. And I wanna, I wanna thank you. Uh, I've been hearing, I told you early on to get the books and get ready to go. And then some of you are, are uh, creating your own small groups with uh, experiencing God. And I'm really grateful that you're doing that. I'm glad to, glad to hear that as well. Reality number one, we've already handled. And that is uh, God is always at work around you. As chaotic as it seems today, both abroad and local, He's working. He's working to accomplish his will and his purpose. Reality number two, God pursues a continuing love relationship with you that is real and personal. Uh, Remember we use the statement, God made me to love me. He loves me with an everlasting love. Reality number three, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. There's this great invitation uh, for you to see where he's working and to join him, and then today, reality number four: God speaks by the Holy Spirit through the Bible, prayer, circumstances, and the church to reveal Himself, His purposes, and His ways. I chose John ten twenty seven to say, "My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me." Uh, this is a passage out of the Good Shepherd section where the Lord is looking to himself. I don't know if any of you all have had the opportunity to be at the Holy Land even in this time. I'm talking this present day time. But if you go there and you travel the country, you will still see shepherds with sheep. That illustration still exists today. You will find a group of sheep, a flock of sheep, and you will see a shepherd and he will have the staff Just as it is given to us in the 23rd Psalm or even in John 10, you will still see that experience and that illustration lived out even as we speak in 2022. And a a good shepherd leads his sheep. He doesn't drive them. He leads them. And they know his voice. He knows when one of them has a limp. He knows when one of them has a blemish. He knows when one of them is not feeling well. He, he knows his sheep, and his sheep know him, and they know his voice, and they follow him. So today we're handling God Speaks, and uh, it's, it's, there's so much here, I've got to give it to you in two sermons, okay? I can't give it to you in one. I could, but you'd probably leave halfway through because of the, the longevity of the sermon but today we're gonna be handling how God speaks through the Old Testament and then God speaks through the Gospels. Next Sunday, we're gonna see how he speaks present day, and that is through his Holy Spirit. Uh, The Holy Spirit uses scripture, uses prayer, uses circumstances, and then uses the church. But today, we're gonna be handling how how he speaks through the Old Testament and the Gospels. In the Old Testament, he used angels. Angels would pay visits. Uh, We see that in the Gospels as well. He used visions. He used dreams. He used objects like uh, the priesthood of Aaron. Uh, His breastplate had ornaments, and he wanted them in a certain way for certain reasons, Uh, even objects that are used in the temple and how they are to be placed. God used symbolic actions uh, of just using things that are with symbolism. Uh, He used the gentle whisper of his voice. He used miracles and he used many other acts to demonstrate. But I want to give you four truths of when he spoke. Uh, And you may want to jot these down. These won't be on the screen. When he spoke, the experience to the person was personal and unique. So we use the person of Moses here in these illustrations. Moses was given a burning bush, yet it wasn't consumed. We often refer to any encounter with God today as is this your burning bush moment. Uh, But he didn't use a burning bush with anybody else. He only used it with Moses. Uh, God has a way of using very unique and personal, personal encounters that are just meant for you. Second truth: when He spoke, the person was sure it was God speaking. Even with the question from Moses, the response is uh, "I am" is speaking. The Great I am is speaking. They knew who was speaking. Number number three. When he spoke, the person knew what God said. That's why Moses wrestled with it. That's why Moses gave excuses and even objected to what God said. He knew what God said. Let me just stop there for a moment uh, because I'm sounding like a teacher here and I want to switch to being preacher. Isn't that what we do? Let's just stop there for a moment. How many in this room? I'm I'm, I'm just going to be talking about activity in our life. Has God told you you what to do and you knew what he was telling you to do and you went ahead and did something else anyway? And it wasn't a question of whether it was him or not. The question was, are you gonna do it or not? For God God has put those moments on our life and it wasn't, we're in doubt that it's him speaking. It's just, I don't know if I wanna do it or not. It really comes down to that place. Sometimes we react like that because we know it is God speaking. And you and I just do not want to adjust our lives to follow him. We just don't wanna do it. We, we balk at it, we rebel at it. Uh, we, we, we don't want any, any part of what he's asking us to do. In a few, in a few weeks, we're gonna to hit to what I think is one of the most critical realities uh, that we're gonna hit, and that is you get to a crisis of belief. You get to the point where you're experiencing God so much, you're at a crossroads, and you're gonna to need to make a decision of whether you're gonna follow him or not. We get there. I mean, because it's, to follow him means you and I have to adjust our life. Let me give you four examples. Tyra leads a, a prayer meeting of women on Monday nights. And uh, we scheduled men on a prayer meeting at 7.30 or 7. I can't remember. Is it 7.30 or 7? 7.30. And uh, down here on the other end of the, of, the, of the building, what we call the warehouse. And uh, I actually had people say to me, couldn't could you have planned that at a more convenient time? And I said, that's the reason I planned it is I wanted it to mess up your weekend. I wanted you to have to work to get there. Do you you see my point? It's about adjustment. We'll get to a a point where we know that it is God speaking. It's not whether he's speaking or not, it's whether I wanna do it or not. And then it means there's gotta be an adjustment in your life. Fourth truth, When when he spoke uh, it was a genuine encounter with God. Remember, uh, it wasn't long till Moses was said, take off your feet because of, your, not your feet, but take off your shoes. Yeah, that would be a demonstration of a miracle, wouldn't it, if he took his feet off. But take off his shoes, why? Why, why, why was that to be done? Why? Because it was holy, it was holy ground. Holy ground. It's, you had an encounter with God. I can remember... Uh, early on, when we uh, were a part of camp ministry uh, with crossings, both Jonathan Creek and uh, Cedarmore, which is in Shelby County, Baghdad, here real close, Jonathan Creek's land between the lakes, West Kentucky. And uh, we were changing a lot of things. We were on the board, we were changing programming. we were changing personnel. Um we had a mile and a half of shoreline on land between the lakes but we had a rule that you couldn't get in the water which didn't make any sense to me <laughs> and to a lot of other people uh and we started changing things around and uh, man did we get the pushback. And the reason we got the pushback was because people thought we were changing areas where they had an encounter with God. We weren't denying their encounter with God. But they had moved it to that. Uh, it's, it's, it became a place of holy ground and we were able to work around all that and even have what we have today. But you see what I'm saying. The encounter with God. I bet you and I together could sit down in a simple conversation and we could mention the places where we had incredible encounters with God. And, and I mean geographically point them out. Uh, but when he spoke, it was an encounter, it was an encounter with him. That's the Old Testament. In the Gospels, God spoke through his son Jesus. We're gonna be here a while, so you hang in. I I want to tell you, if you're taking notes, there's three things I really want you to get uh, out of this section, and I'll highlight them for you when I get to them. But uh, we're gonna be focusing on how Jesus spoke in the Gospels, Uh, but for him to speak in the Gospels, we gotta go back to creation for a moment. When Jesus is referred to as the spoken word of creation, so the first way, the first picture of who Jesus is is that he is the spoken word for creation. If you wanna do just a little simple study, and this is simple, go to Genesis one today or someday through this week. And in the creation story of Genesis one, Count how many times it said God said or God called. Now I counted 15, but you know preachers can't count, right? So you, you, you do it yourself. Notice it's a very simple study. How many times God said and how many times God's called. It becomes interesting to see because he spoke spoken into existence. Creation was through the spoken word of creation. And it's incredible. God said it. God called it. Uh, and the calling is even in, in, the, in the naming of it. He put it together. We were just talking before the service. How many of y'all noticed the beautiful moon last night? Chuck brought this up. Wasn't it, wasn't it beautiful? He, his comment was, how can you see that and not think that there isn't a God? And we all know, it says in the, in the Old Testament, for his handiwork even declares... His glory, right? It declares, I mean, you stand in awe of it, don't you? It becomes un, 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 unbelievable. Uh, I saw that moon. I wanted to make a heart shape with my fingers and put me and Julie's picture in it. I don't know if you, any of you all had any inkling to be able to do that. So he is the spoken word. Now, hang on, we're going to come back to that. I want to show you how... It's Jesus who is that spoken word of creation. He is at creation. Do not have Jesus showing up in Bethlehem in the Gospels. He is, he is, at, he is at the very beginning, and through him all, all things are made. Let's look at John chapter 1, 1 through 3. And let's walk through this. We're going to use this verse for two different sections of the sermon today. It said, in the beginning was the word. And and the word was with God and the word was God. Then it switches to he. He is pointing to Christ. He was with God in the beginning. Look at this. All things were created through him and apart from him not one thing was created that has been created. So Jesus is at creation. He is the spoken word of creation. Uh, You're saying, well, it said God called it. God said it. Well, Jesus is God. He is just one one revelation, one person of how God has revealed himself to us. So he's there. He's there at creation. And we're going to come back to this verse, so hang on. Because I, I think in this verse contains a whole lot of what you need to walk home with today. So he's the spoken word. Jesus is the spoken word. Secondly, Jesus is the living word. He is the word of God that has come alive. Colossians 1, 13 through 19. I want you to write this down, okay? Because you may need this sometime. Write this so you can get back to it. These, this section, I think, has the greatest, the greatest picture of Jesus in words that I've ever read all in one spot. Let's walk through that for a moment, how he is the living word of God in person. It says, he has rescued us, he being Jesus, uh, from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son that he loves. You see the transfer there, verse 14. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in him, which is Jesus. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, living word, living word. He is the image of the invisible God, and he is the firstborn of all creation. Verse 16, here we're back into creation again. <laughs> For everything was created by him, Jesus, in heaven and on earth, right? The visible and the invisible. There is a world out there that you can't see only unless it is revealed to you, okay? So he has created the visible world and the invisible world. Whether thrones or dominions, rulers or authorities, all things, all things have been created through him and notice this last verse, this last phrase, and for him. All of them are created through him and they're created for him. He becomes the living word. He's the living word of God. And, he, and even though we've handled he's the spoken word of creation, as they explain him, as Paul explains him, he's still pointing back to he's the spoken word of creation. Look at 2 Corinthians 1.20. In 2 Corinthians one twenty. Oh, go back, I'm sorry, Lane. I didn't finish, did I, bro? Thanks, man. Uh, He is before all things and by him all things hold together. Uh, Verse 18, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead so that he might come to have first place in everything. This is where, go back to 18. uh, He's first place or no place, right? Jesus is not in your top five. Jesus is not second place in your life. Are y'all listening? He's either first place or you finish it, preachers. He's no place. There is no, there is no, Jesus is a close running second. That doesn't happen. He's first place. Verse 19. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, being Jesus. He's the spoken word of creation. He is the living word. Now, Jesus is the written word. He is the word of God. John chapter five, verse 39. He's saying to the Pharisees, you pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them. Look what he says about scripture. Yet they testify about me. He is the the written word. Uh, Look at John 5, 46. For if you believe Moses, who we've already talked about today, you would believe me. And this is the Old Testament, because he wrote, Jesus says he wrote about me. I, w- I want to get you a picture that how Jesus speaks in the gospel, uh, even in the Old Testament. He is the spoken word of creation. He is the living word of God. And he is the written word of God. Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. Do you remember when we handled in our series a little bit ago, when we were talking about Adam and Eve in the garden, we were talking about their their rebellion. And uh, they were, well, they were naked and they didn't have any clothes and, and they were shamed about it. And it said God made their clothes. Do you remember that? And you remember it, they it was animal skins, and so there had to be an animal dye uh, for those animal skins to be there so that they could be clothed by. Do you remember we used a we used a a, uh, a preacher named Octavius Booth, who came up and in, in it's wonderful it 's a wonderful systematic theology book that he has, but he came up with that, and I gave him props on this, and he 's talking about how there had to be an animal sacrifice for there to be clothing and how even their clothing pointed to Jesus. Because there there was gonna be another sacrifice to cover up our shame, just like there was an animal sacrifice to cover up their nakedness and their shame. That even that animal skin, even that clothing pointed to Jesus and his future sacrifice. You gotta see from Genesis to Revelation, It is all about Jesus. Even when Moses wrote, this is what Jesus says, he wrote about me. So he is the spoken word of creation. Jesus is the living word of God. And Jesus is the written word. Now go back to John 1, 1 through 3. And and Lane, thanks for keeping me online there. I cut some of those passages short. And I appreciate you doing that, man. Thank you. Thanks for having my back. Um. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Let's just leave it there. This verse to you may not make a lot of sense. You can read it and go, hmm, and then just go on. I, I want to use this, especially this verse, to demonstrate something for you for just a moment. In, in the Greek language, the word "Word" is logos, l-o-g-o-s, l-o-g-o-s. Um, Logan and I have a software is that we use in preaching. It's called Logos, logos.com, it, it means word. It's phenomenal, it's phenomenal stuff to be able to use. So in the beginning was the Logos, and the Logos was with God, and the Logos was God. And go to verse two again, I wanna show you that it switched to he, which is pointing to Jesus. Now go back to verse one. So logos is Jesus, word is Jesus. So in the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. You could literally do that right there because of who he is, but you still are not getting the picture. The the picture of logos here means entirety, means it's all of it. It's all of it. Everything, like scripture from Genesis to Revelation would be the logos, the word of God. But there is another Greek word that is used to talk about the word of God, and it's called rhema. R-H-E-M-A, rhema. So let's say that I'm having a conversation, and I'm talking to you, and uh, our conversation reminds me of a word of scripture, Let's just say Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not to thine own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path, right? So when I'm talking to you, I have given you a specific verse, but what I have done is I've given you rhema. I've given you a word of God. Rhema means word of God. But what I have done is, I have dipped into Logos, which is the entirety of it, and I've gotten a Rhema, which is a smaller word, and I've given it to you. Let me give it to you in this way. Let's say that Logos is about Jesus, and it is, Genesis to Revelation, right? And let's say that it is a well of water. So when I got Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 for you, I took me a bucket and I dipped into the well, which is the logos, the word of God, right? Entirety, Genesis, Revelation. So I take my bucket and dip in there and I pour out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 to you. I have dipped into the well, uh, the entirety of it to give you a word that is still from God. And Rhema and Logos all work together. They don't work opposite of each other. So let's say that I'm writing you a card. So don't get excited, I probably won't, okay? But let's say I write you a card and I write a scripture verse at the bottom of it. I have dipped into the well, Logos, and gotten a rhema and given it to you. Yes, yes. So there's gotta be a well to dip from. Right. There's gotta be a well to dip from. And the picture is that Jesus is this well. He is the entirety of it, all of it, yes. all of it. He is the word of God. Rhema is the word of God too, but it represents a spoken portion Of the Word of God, and let me just show you this. I get—I'm excited about this. I don't know if you are or not, but maybe I can cheerlead you in such a way to be excited about it too. Look at John 14:6. This is what we added, Lane. John chapter 14, verse six. Jesus told him, "I am the way the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me." Now, what's that got to do with logos, the word of God in entirety? Everything you need is right there in that verse. "I'm the way the truth and the life." He he gives it into a picture of entirety. In other words, Jesus says, "You don't need to go to Buddha, You don't need to go anywhere else. Then you get to, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. end. All of it. Am Am I following Tyra here? I think I'm following Tyra here. No, no, no. Don't you ever apologize for that. Alpha and omega are the Greek letters of the alphabet that mean the A and the Z. When you use a word, you don't go anywhere else for the letters. You just go for the A to the Z. It means he's everything. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. So go back to John 1, 1. You'll read this verse and you'll go, man, I don't understand that. You can't say that now. All right? He's the word of God, the logos. He's the well from which we dip. He is the A and the Z. He's the entirety. He is every bit of it. And Jesus still speaks, Uh, Blackaby writes, This is a quote that I pulled from the lesson this last week. He said that God spoke to people is far more important than how he spoke. Uh, That he did is more important than how he spoke. Uh, We seem to have problems today with God speaking. I have run into those people. Uh, In fact, I have probably been one of those people in my own individual life uh, in, in my past. Uh, and it's like, well, God doesn't. God doesn't speak today. Uh, he doesn't speak at all today. They'll they'll say that he used to speak, but there is a question of whether he still does. And I, I want to. I, I hopefully want to come at this at a common sense frame right here for you. But it's in John eight forty three through forty seven. Jesus is having an encounter uh, with the Pharisees. And uh, really getting into an argument, they later on tell Jesus that he has a demon in him. But look, look what he says to them. He's talking to a specific group of people. Why don't you understand what I say? Jesus is speaking in the Gospels. Because you cannot listen to my word. He said, you are, you are of your father the devil and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has not stood in the truth because there is no truth in him. Now hang on. Okay, we're gonna to get to the common sense part of this. Now, This is Jesus' teaching. This, this is his teaching. When he, and he is the devil, when he, the devil, tells a lie, he speaks from his own nature because he is a liar and the father of lies. Uh, yet because I tell the truth, you do not believe me, verse 46, who among you can convict me of sin? If, if I tell the truth, why don't you believe me? Uh, the one who is from God listens to God's words. There's the word listen. This is why you don't listen, because you are not from God, talking to the Pharisees. Go back to verse 44, maybe. I'm going to take a guess here. Thank you. That's right. Uh, I want you to, when Jesus starts talking about the devil, he says, when he tells or speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature. Do do you see, let's just be real simple here. Jesus in his teaching says that Satan speaks. Do you see that? Am I the only one that sees that? Do you see that? Here's why when I talk to people, if he says the devil speaks, then surely God outspeaks him, doesn't he? Uh, I remember an old hymn, Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Write on my heart every word, right? Um, it's we get we'll get into the arguments of yeah he used to in the past but he does it, and just a real common sense approach to me is, if he tells me that the devil speaks, then I know that he outspeaks the enemy. We go back to John 10 today, 27. We've talked about how God speaks from the Old Testament, and we've talked about how Jesus speaks in the Gospels. Next Sunday. We'll see that how he speaks to this age through the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through the church, through circumstances and um, through scripture. We'll handle that. But I want to go back to John ten twenty seven. He's your shepherd, folks. He knows you. He knows when you got a limp. He knows when you're sick. He knows when you got a blemish. He knows everything about you. He leads us. Doesn't drive us, push us, He leads us. And we know him, we know him. My sheep, they hear my voice, I know them. And let's please be the sheep here. And then they follow him, they follow him. You're going, preacher, do you still believe God speaks? Absolutely, he speaks. I don't think he's ever gonna quit speaking. Uh, I, I pray that our lives are so positioned to hear him. I often say this. Sometimes the world is so loud. If, if we're not careful, you and I will not be able to do something around the house unless we have a TV on or we have a radio on or we got ear pods in. You all with me? Have you, just notice that about yourself. Of how we've gotta have background noise to just be able to function sometimes. Um, and sometimes when we sit in silence it's really eerie Number one, we're not used to it. And number two, I think it becomes eerie for us because uh, God speaks to us in those moments of silence. That's why in the hope arrow, the P is pray and finish it for me and listen because I believe God is still speaking. May you and I follow our shepherd, the good shepherd, okay? I wanna pray over you. Father, I pray commitments are made here today. I pray that you pierce our hearts with your truth of where we are and where we need to be in you. I pray that you give people the power to adjust their lives, Lord, to be able to follow and to follow obediently, fervently. Father, we believe that you speak. We know that you've spoken in the Old Testament. You've spoken through your prophets. Lord, we know that you have spoken through your son Jesus in the gospels and we know that today through your Holy Spirit, through the church, through scripture, Through prayer, circumstances, you are continuing to speak. Uh, And Father, we who have ears to hear, may we hear. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray over commitments made today. Amen. Church, would you stand? Logan and the team is going to lead us. There'll be counselors here to pray with you and to pray for you. And uh, for you to respond. The invitation is this. Whosoever will, for whatever reason, today you come.